This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. In our first episode, which I titled Too Far to Quit Now, I talked about the importance of not letting our circumstances dictate to us where we're going. Uh, In this one, I want to talk about the fundamentals or the basic principles for lasting success. I'll take this out of my book also, Leadership Awakening, Foundational Principles for Lasting Success. And in one of the chapters, I talk about going back to the basics. Uh, Let me kind of preface it with this, because I want to quote uh, Vince Lombardi, who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And I'll tell you the story first, that back when I was a little boy, when I I was born in Japan, my dad was in the military, He was, uh, during the Korean War, was part of what was called underwater demolition frogmen. Uh, Later on, they became known as Navy SEALs. But uh, he was stationed for a period of time in Japan, and that's where he met my mom and married my mom. That's where I was born. But when I was three years old, we moved to uh, San Diego, California, so he could be near the amphibious base where the Budsman and Navy SEALs train. And, of course, during the Vietnam War, he did some tours in Vietnam. My mother and my father got divorced when I was a young boy, and uh, he ended up retiring from the military, moved to Texas, and my stepfather was also from Texas, so he was in the military, and um, he and my mom got married. And so during high school, we actually uh, went back to Japan because my stepdad was stationed in Japan, so we moved over there. But uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit, let's go back a moment. So when my uh, father and my mother and I uh, came to San Diego, and he got settled there. Then he was stationed in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, for about uh, just under two years at the naval base there. While we were there, I remember my mom ended up working at an Italian restaurant, and she spoke broken English because she still was, uh, her first language was Japanese. And I remember that in those days, uh, back this is back in the uh, early '60s that my that uh, the Green Bay Packers would come in. This is before the NFL became the NFL. There was still the American Football League, League and the National Football League, and they later merged and became the National Football League. But uh, So anyway, Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, Ray Nitschke, Paul Horning, uh, Willie Wood, Bart Starr, all these greats from the early days were would come into this Italian restaurant and come to see my mom. And, uh, and So anyway, we got to meet some of them. And so uh, I'm kind of giving up a little of my, of my faves here, but for for the, for my whole life, I've always been a Green Bay Packer fan. Yep, that's right. Always a Green Bay Packer fan, although I do have other teams that I like too. And, of course, I live in Houston, Texas, so go Houston Texans. And uh, I'm for the Houston Texans, but I've always had this affinity for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And so I love to quote them as well. So I remember... Uh, being there, and when we left, we had a little going-away party. I got a little Green Bay Packer football uniform and moved back to San Diego. And and when the Green Bay Packers came uh, a few years later to play uh, in San Diego, I remember getting a phone call from Willie Wood and and, and Bart Starr, and my mother was screaming outside going, Dagadas, Dagadas, hurry up, hurry up! It was telling me they were on the telephone. They, they, they were gracious enough to call, and so I came in and, and talked to them on the phone. And by the way, I've got to tell you this one piece. My friends, because my mother would scream at me or, or yell for me to come in. She goes, Douglas, Douglas. And because of her accent, people started calling me Douglas. That became my nickname. And, uh, and it never got away from me. In fact, growing up, people started calling me that as well. But being, that being said, 
Let me just get back to Vince Lombardi. At age 45, Vince Lombardi became a head football coach in the NFL for the first time in his life. It was 1959, and he had the challenging task of leading the Green Bay Packers, a team that had only won two games the previous season. He clearly had his work cut out for him. But Vince Lombardi wasn't going to let last year's record shape his expectations. After all, this was a new season. And Let's stop for a moment and think about that. You can't let your last year, the last season of your life, in fact, I've, I've said for many, many years, you cannot change your past, but the decisions you make every day will influence and determine your future. It doesn't matter what your circumstances have been in your past, where you were born, uh, what, what neighborhood you're from. It doesn't matter if you've had challenges in the past. You cannot change your past, but the decisions or the choices you make every day define and, give, and, and determine your future. And so I loved the story about Vince Lombardi when he was 45 years old, became the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, a losing team who the previous year only won two games. And the players were wondering, what in the world is this new coach going to tell us? And when they came into the team meeting, anticipating what is this coach going to tell us, all he did is we picked up a football, he held it before the team, and these have become famous words now, and he just looked at the team and said, this is a football. What was he saying? If you want to be a winning team, one, you got to win as a team, and number two, you have to get back to the basics. To be, you can have great players on a team, but if you don't play as a team, you're not going to win as a team. I remember uh, the late Reggie White. I had the pleasure of knowing him. Uh, we've spoken different conferences together. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I remember one time he, w- he was the, br- uh, the prayer breakfast speaker, and I was the keynote speaker later. And I'm thinking, how do you follow Reggie White? All pro, you know, Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl champion. He was called the Minister of Defense. And uh, I remember after he spoke, I'm thinking, now what am I going to say? But something he said really resonated with me. When he first went to the Green Bay Packers uh, years ago, everybody was saying, Reggie White, Reggie White, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. And go, Reggie, go, Reggie. And here's what he said. He goes, how many of you want to win? Of course, everybody said, yeah, yeah, we want to win. He said, how many of you want to go to the Super Bowl and get our Super Bowl ring? Yeah, yeah, we're going to win. You know, thank you. Reggie's here. He said, let me just tell you something. It's not about me, and it's not about you speaking to other team members. It's about playing as a team. And he said later, after they did go to the Super Bowl and they all got their Super Bowl rings, people from the office, people that worked at the coaching staff, the team players, people that worked in the locker rooms, people that took care of their equipment, everybody on the team got a Super Bowl ring. But he said, wouldn't it have been a crying shame that if the people that were taking care of their dirty equipment and taking care of all their other stuff would come in and say one day, we're tired of cleaning up your mess. We're going to go out and we're going to get the accolades. We're going to get people saying, cheering for us. We want to take your place and go play in the game and you take care of the stinky equipment. He said with that attitude or the idea that one person's going to be the showman on the team, if you don't play as a team, the team doesn't go to the Super Bowl and the whole team never gets, nor the people in the locker room, the people at the front office, the coaching staff, the team members, or the people taking care of the, the dirty equipment, nobody wins and nobody gets their Super Bowl ring. The idea is we have to be willing, like even King David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. The point is we have to quit looking at ourselves as being the prima donna. We have to look each, with each other as a team. 
In fact, I always say in one of my old books called Somebody Cares, uh, A Guide to Living Out Your Faith, I talk about with a fishing pole, you catch one fish. But if, as a mended net being cast together, we bring in a mighty harvest. This is not about a me deal or an I can do this deal. It's about a we deal. We need each other. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. The kingdom of God is built on relationships, first with God, then with one another. And the degree of influence we have or leave in the next generation is determined on the level of those relationships, first with God and then with one another. So I love this story about getting back to basics and about Vince Lombardi saying, this is a football Uh, One of my spiritual sons, he considers me a spiritual father or a mentor in his life. He's a chaplain in the NBA for the National Basketball Association with the Houston Rockets and has written some books. He's pastors. He's owned some businesses. And uh, we were talking one day, and he said, you know, there's something we call the fundamentals in basketball. These great players, they practice the same layup over and over and over and over and over and over again. They get in the three-pointers, and they shoot that three-point shot over and over and over and over. They go for the two-pointers over. They do the free, the, free, uh, the free throw over and over and over. They do the same thing so much in practice because it has to become instinctive. You don't want to think about it when you're in the game. You have to respond instinctively in the game. But to do that, you have to do the fundamentals. And the same is true for us. I realize with the world that's being shaken around us, lots of noise pollution, a lot of discouraging things just by turning on the news every day, there's always going to be stuff. But there's good news behind all the bad news. I believe that we need to be the bearer of good news. Your life speaks the words you speak have life or death, according to the word. The book of James says that, that it's, it, you shouldn't speak life and death with the tongue, that, that that tongue is an unruly thing. We've got There's such power in our words. I remember when I was a kid, and maybe some of you, this ages me a little bit, but when we were kids, we used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh, how untrue that really is. Words go deep. Every word we speak has a power because it, it, it hits the mark of hitting a heart and, dis, and discouraging or bringing life to people. It depends on how we use the words we speak. And if for us, we need to get back to the place of the fundamentals and the basics. We've got to quit listening to all the bad news and start being bearers of good news. And I said earlier that Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 16, uh, chapter 5, he said, that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father which is in heaven. We are a people who should be a tangible expression of God's love to the world around us. Look, we don't always have to agree with people who disagree with us, but we can be a people of consecrated commitment to Christ, live by our convictions, not by our preferences, but we can still, in, in our discourse, in our public discourse, and the way we treat people, can do so with honor respect, even when we may disagree. You know, a lot of people may disagree with me, and I may disagree uh, deeply with other people, but you know, God's given me a heart of compassion and love for people because of His grace upon my life. So I'm going to live by conviction. I want to live a life of conviction and consecration before God by the grace of God. That doesn't mean I have to agree with people, but I can express myself not in venom or in a lack of civility in my discourse. I can disagree strongly, but I can do so with respect. I can do so with the way that people know that I still uh, have a uh, I, that I still have a love for them, regardless of what they may say or think about me. Easier said than done, I know. 
But getting back to the fundamentals, we, the basics of our faith, in a world that's being shaken, in a world of bad news, how do we bring good news? For me, I can just tell you a couple of things that I, I know it's going longer today, but I wanted to give you a couple of things that I do for the fundamentals of the basics of my faith to help make sure that I, I am on good footing, I'm anchored on good footing, and that when the winds of, of, and the storms of life come, the rains beat vehemently, that I can still stand firm on the rock of my salvation and not be swayed by the storms of life or by the discouragements that come along the way. One, every morning I have two prayer times. And that's just me. This is not something I'm projecting on you. But I have two prayer times. One is what I call my horizontal prayer time. In that horizontal prayer time, the first thing I do when I wake up is I don't even want to ask God for anything. It's, you know, there's a time for supplication. I don't ask him for anything. I don't want it to be, uh, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy, or, you know, God is my, somehow my, my uh, sugar daddy in the sky. You know, it's basically, what can you do for me? Rather than, he, he wants to have a relationship with us. And there's something about, as a parent, I know when my daughter or, or others that look to me in leadership, if all they ever want is something from me, I feel that. But when there's that place of authenticity, of respect and appreciation and honor, and they say, you know, I just want you to know I thank you for, for being a friend, or I thank you for being a dad, or I thank you for being a, 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 a friend of mine, or if I, I thank you for this, pretty soon you feel respected or honored, and you feel something in you that wants to give without them even asking because you feel the authenticity of that relationship. The same is true with God. So my first prayer time, what I call my horizontal prayer time when I wake up, is all I do is I begin to thank the Lord. What comes to my mind, Lord, thank you that you, you're the, thank you for the joy of your salvation, as King David used to pray in Psalms 51. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of your salvation. Then I say, Lord, thank you for the privilege of your calling. I remember David Livingston, the great missionary to, to Africa, he used to say, why is it when an earthly king commissions us, we count it in honor? But when the heavenly king commissions us, we call it a sacrifice. You know, I want to make sure that I realize that no matter what sacrifices any of us make in life, at the end of the day, it's a privilege to serve God. So, Lord, I say, I say Lord, thank you for the joy of your salvation. I never want to forget the moment when your grace was poured upon me, when I didn't deserve it, when I was a sinner of sinners, I was bound in drugs and alcohol and partying and living for self. In that place of my sin, you love me enough to, erup- to, to reveal yourself to me. Thank you for the joy of your salvation. If I never forget that moment, then no matter what moments of challenge come in my life, if I can remember that moment of God's grace poured out, I can get through anything. And the second thing is never to forget where I've come from. And that's why I'm always saying, Lord, thank you for the privilege of being a part of what you're doing. Thank you for the privilege of your calling. You see, so many times it's easy for us to say, gimme, gimme, gimme. But Lord, but it's, we've got to get to a place where we can say, Lord, thank you for what you, who you are. Just because, 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 because of what you've already done and who you are and because of your love for me. So my horizontal prayer time is just thanking him. Lord, thank you for my wife, my daughter. My, thank you for this home that you've given me. Thank you, Lord, I'm not homeless as I, as I was at one time in my life. Lord, thank you that I'm not bound in alcohol or drugs and addictions. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord. I begin just to thank him for my friends, co-laborers, fellow missionaries, uh, fellow people that I have to work with and uh, all over the world that I get to work with. And I just begin to thank him. And I, everything comes to mind I thank him for. I don't ask him for anything. I get up, I do some devotion time, have my coffee, take my shower, and before I leave my home or if I leave a hotel room or wherever I am in the world, I always have these two prayer times. My second one, before I'll ever walk out the door, 
is my knee time. That's where I go to my knees next to the bed in the hotel room or at my house or by a chair, and that's where I give the Lord the day. Say, Lord, I know I'm way beyond my pay grade. Lord, there's so many pressures. I feel the pulling of pressure in my life. I, there's so many needs. Father, to help me to be the husband I need to be, the father I, I need to be and want to be, to be the ambassador for Christ I want to be, to be the pastor, the business leader, the employer, the friend. I want to, Lord, I, there's so many demands and, Lord, so many expectations. But, Lord, help me by your grace to be able to, to give these to you. God, I need your wisdom and your guidance. Be glorified in all that I do say and think. Lord, I, I recognize I'm nothing without you. Lord, I pray for a right spirit, a clean heart, and sharp, stable, sound mind. See, I, I need the wisdom of God. So my need time is supplication time and acknowledging to God that, you know, this is way beyond my pay grade. I, I have no clue, really, in many ways, of how I ended up where I feel like I'm like the Asian Forrest Gump. If you ever seen the movie, he just showed up in the picture everywhere. I just feel like by God leading me and being available to God, that he's put me in circumstances I never expected in my whole life. But every opportunity, every experience is an opportunity for God to do a work in us and through us that others might see Christ in us and find their place of salvation, healing, liberation, deliverance, and victory. So I, my fundamentals, first and foremost, is that place of honoring God, thanking God, then giving my supplications to God in my two prayer times every morning. And then quickly, I won't get into them today, today but I just want to cover them. Another non-negotiable for me is that I, I need time to renew my mind. The Bible says that when you wash your mind by the reading of the Word of God, and I realize that with the bombardment of all the external influences in my life, it, from radio to billboards to, you could be at the fitness center, I still like to work out, going to the gym, hear the music, and these subliminal suggestions, you turn on the news and everything's negative, negative, negative. I need to get in the, in the newsroom of God. I need to hear what God has to say. I want to reflect God and not the news of the world. Although those are realities, I'm not sticking my head in the sand and saying it doesn't happen. I'm very cognizant of the world in which we live. But at the same time, I recognize I'm to be ambassador for Christ in a kingdom not of this world to make sure we're going to influence the seven spheres of the mountains in this world in the way in the way of the good news of the God. good news the gospel just means good news what good news do we bring in the education system in the music business entertainment in, in education in, in government how are we bringing good news by the by who we are in Christ and the only thing that will ever change things around us is not the world but Christ in us living in a world who can change a world by the presence of God in your life and my life. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Always give God thanks. Giving God thanks. Always giving God thanks. Who always leads us to triumph or victory. So that we can be a dispenser or a sprayer of the, of the manifest fragrance of God and wisdom in heaven. So the reality is that all of us are like those dispensers on the wall, the Febreze, so to speak, it, that, that it goes off every few minutes in places that can become stinky. We might live in some stinky circumstances in a stinky world, but you and I are called to be that dispenser of the fragrance of heaven, the wisdom of heaven, and, and, the, and, and, the, and, the, and the manifestation of the presence of God from heaven in the world today. We can be change agents. We can be change makers when we get back to the fundamentals and basics. We can't do it when the pressures come, but every day when we continue to give ourselves to prayer and communication with God, we give ourselves to being in His presence and worship and authentic worship at the altar of God, when we are able to get into His Word to wash our mind from all the negative stuff in the world, 
When we can get to that place of intentionality on an instinctive basis where it's habitual, it's not something we have to put on when the pressure comes and when the pressure magnifies, but we, we do this as a part of our lifestyle every day. So when pressures come, when stress comes, when external pressures come, we respond not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit of God. I really believe that God is giving us a, an opportunity in the days in which we live for us to bring hope in the midst of despair, to bring triumph where there has been tragedy, and to bring love where there seems to be such ins- lack of civility and hatred and just maliciousness today. You and I have an opportunity right now like never before to be the ambassadors of Christ. But for us to be so, we can't respond according to the flesh. We need to get back to the fundamentals, the basics of our faith, in the place of representing a kingdom not of this world, because we're part of a kingdom greater than this world has to offer. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.